0: Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Golic and Smeddy here. The grass is like razor blades. Welcome to another edition of Golick and Smeddy. I am Mike Golick Sr. She is Jess Matana. And we are at it again. Me, Jess, from a hotel room in Connecticut, a place where I had spent a couple of decades when I was with ESPN, now back as a visitor. Um, Gojo from uh, Gojo on, on DraftKings, his show, also back as a visitor. Because, Jess, we are back because Mike is involved in bobblehead night here in hartford connecticut
1: no where, way
0: yes, yes the they hartford,
1: have a they have a gojo bobblehead
0: they do the hartford yard goats which by the way is a, is at duncan stadium or duncan park whatever they call it here like for a few years in a row is one best park in the minor leagues or i think they're wow. the double a affiliate of the colorado rockies but we used to when we were working at espn we used to have like espn nights out there and we used to hang out there because you know, minor league baseball is a ball. It's all about the marketing, you know, and mm-hmm. there and we'd have a lot of fun and stuff. And Mike was would go there way more than I would. So it is Mike's bobblehead. We're taping this on a Tuesday that's Mike's bobblehead night. So there's like 20 some of us.
1: Can you get me an extra one?
0: Yes, I will try and grab as many as I can. It's very I've seen it. It, it very much looks like him. Really? Do they have the holds,
1: tattoos on the arms?
0: I, I, you know what? I don't remember that. Okay. I, I should have Mike send me a picture real quick <laughs> so I can see. But he is holding. He's not holding a bat. He's, he's holding a bat, but not a baseball bat. It's one of the drinks they have here called Nectar of the Goats. It's a bat that you fill with beer. Mm. So that's actually what he's holding in the, in the bobblehead. It actually looks like him. It's a pretty good rendition. He also, though, Jess, he has to throw out the first pitch. To There is, I'll Ooh. never forget my first pitch. Me and Green, I threw out about four or five of them. Twice for the Cubs. The first one was with the Cubs, and I bounced it in. And if you bounce a first pitch, no matter who you are, you get booed. And yeah. I got booed loudly, and I should have gotten booed.
1: Did you, did you practice beforehand?
0: So here's what I did in my, with my cocky self. Okay. (laughs) So, you know, I can throw a ball. So practice throwing a ball, right? Okay. But I don't practice on a mound. I went up on the mound. So Mm. everybody understand when you throw from a mound, understand when you take that step, the mound is round. So you step down when you throw the ball. So right before we went out there, there's an old timer who's been there forever He said, "Hey, let me give you a little advice." He said, "If you throw him from the mound, the first pitch." I said, "No, I have not." He said, "Well, you're going to step down because you're on the mound, so you got to release the ball higher than you think, or you're going to bounce." Oh,
1: I see. Okay.
0: You know, and I'm like, and here's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
1: unnatural. Yeah. I
0: know. He's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, old man, whatever. I, of course, am a dumbass and don't listen to him. So we go out on the mound, Greenie and I, and I step and I throw. And as soon as I step and release the ball, I said, oh, shit. Because he was exactly right. You I do. stepped down and my release was down and I bounced it about two feet in front of the catcher and got roundly booed and should have gotten booed. Um, so that's the only thing I told Mike. I said, you can practice throwing, but you're not used to throwing off a mound. You got to have a high release. So you'd rather overthrow than bounce. So he's, he's, he's a little nervous about the first pitch aspect. The eating and drinking and bobblehead part is easy. That's pure goal. Yeah, stuff. yeah. But the actual throwing of the first pitch is going to be really interesting.
1: So will you be videotaping this with your with your phone?
0: It will be out on his social media. Yes, okay, there good. are, there I, are I do want to see it. Yes, the, it will be everywhere. It will be documented. Uh, I hope he does well. There's a little part of me that hopes he screws up because then that's always funnier on it's social media. If,
1: screw up. if he throws yeah. a perfect strike, it, I won't share it.
0: But if, yeah, if I he know. does
1: screw up, it would be great.
0: I'll have to because I'm his father. So I'm contractually obligated if he does something well to, to you know, <laughs> note it. Though I am also in the position when he does something stupid, I'll note it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it should be very interesting. So, yeah, that that's why we're kind of all back in Connecticut uh, for a couple of days very weird by the way after living here for like 25 yeah. years
1: like homecoming
0: yeah yeah to now kind of kind of be a guest so uh, Do you that's have like why... a favorite
1: like a favorite spot you gotta hit up and so, get food at or something like that yes
0: um, it's called the Harvest Cafe it's in Sinsbury. It's a place that we have gone to for almost since we got to Connecticut so 15 20 years we'd go there for breakfast. It's a breakfast joint it's open until like two. But unfortunately, after COVID, it's still open, but it's closed on Monday and Tuesday. And of course, the two mm-hmm. days we're here are Monday and Tuesday.
1: They can't uh, open it up special for you? I
0: know, I know. We're oh, so bummed. So we backed that up with another place that so we went to this morning, uh, Mike and I and, and my wife, Chris, called Donut Crazy, So, which isn't shocking Ooh. for us to go to. Yeah, it's kind of like a coffee cake donut breakfast uh like a, a donut covered in like um uh fruit loops uh mm. a s'mores donut a cannoli donut. it's cra- you know donut oh, crazy the crazy donut. kind of donut. Yeah. oh yeah that yeah. It's, crazy it's unbelievable it's fantastic so that was not a bad that, that that's that's always in our rotation as well we knew we were going to go there but yeah the harvest that was our place so we were kind of bummed we weren't able to go there and then um you know, so we'll hang out this afternoon, uh, Jake and Jenny, my son, Jake is why Jenny came in with the grandkid. So we'll get to hang out with him again. Little Jackson, who's eight weeks old. So that will be a lot of fun. Uh, so it'd well, be a nice thing. It
1: sounds like, I think by the time people listen to this, the video of Mike, yes. uh, junior either screwing up or having a good first pitch will already be on the internet. So, uh, you'll know whether or not I retweeted it. If you haven't seen it, it's cause he did a good job.
0: Is it bad for me to say that there's maybe a 51% of me wants him to screw it up?
1: No, is that, I think is that wrong I'm to say? surprised. it's No, I'm surprised it's so low. <laughs> I would have guessed like 75, 80.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I'm saying 51 just to be kind of nice, but it's probably 75 <laughs> or 80. Uh, and I don't know if it's because I bounced my first one. So, you know, uh, but no, I, I, I hope he does well. Whatever. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> We'll have have to wait and see.
1: Mike, uh, speaking of things that you hope go well but don't, there's a transition there. Uh, Week zero of college football season was this past weekend. Uh, Were you in your regular college football watching setup for this or were you like, eh, these games aren't that great, I'm not going to watch these?
0: Oh, no, I absolutely was in my setup and watching. I got all my stuff done in the morning. Uh, because the first game that was on was actually the game from, um, from Ireland. It was Northwestern and Nebraska. So I made sure, you know, Chris and I worked out. We did, did everything we wanted to do uh, so that we were ready to go uh, when that game won. And then there were games, you know, all day. Some games, obviously, better than others. Um, but that was the main one I focused on. Was uh was Northwestern and Nebraska and Northwest? You know Nebraska jumps out early, but Northwestern gets the win in that game. You know an early Big Ten game, and it was a decent. Turned out to be a decent game. You never know what you're getting in Week Zero, Week One, which is coming up, which we'll talk about, which involves uh, our school. Uh, But it's amazing. You know you want to talk. We always talk about how. Much trouble coaches are in early, and oh my god! I mean, Scott Frost over at (laughs) Nebraska—holy smokes! I mean, just awful. He is now fifteen and thirty at Nebraska. Bo Pelini was fired after going sixty-seven and twenty-seven, and Scott—I mean, talk about the epitome of a hot seat—and he loses a ton of one-score games as well, like he did uh, in this one. It's just it—it's. Awful. I mean, you you got to believe it's it's coming up on the end of the road for Scott Frost. You know, a guy who's returning to his alma mater after having a monster year at UCF a few years ago. And it just hasn't gone well for him uh, yeah. at Nebraska by any stretch of the imagination.
1: Well, I, I read that the Huskers are 5-21 and in one-score games yeah. under Scott Frost. So it's that... It's that he, he doesn't seem to be able to finish a game. Like they just seem to have these collapses in the second halves of games after they already have taken a lead and they can't seem to close it out. But Mike, uh, I guess you can consider that a football game. It was, it had football things in it. It wasn't yeah. like, it it wasn't the most exciting game. There's going to be more exciting ones next weekend, but I did enjoy getting up early, watching some college game day, yeah, yeah. turning on the game at 1230. And then, you know, we had a, a late Hawaii game that started, right. I think at 10 o'clock against Vanderbilt, which by the way, Vanderbilt oh my uh, gosh. Annihilated, annihilated Hawaii. But them. It was, it was a fun college football weekend. Other than Scott Frost and the disappointment of Nebraska. was Did you have any, any takeaways from the rest of yes. the games?
0: Here was the, the best takeaway and it had nothing to do with on field play. And it happened at the game in Ireland. Did you see what happened there? <laughs> the <laughs> yes. stadium, the stadium and I hope people have heard this if not you 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 wish you would have been there. The stadium is cashless. So it's all by card, all by by electronic transit transaction for any kind of expense there. And the internet went down. So they all the beer was free. So they were showing the lines in the concourse that were a mile long. A lot of other stuff, I guess, was free too, but they were really saying the beer now was free because it was like either free or close down the concession stands and serve nothing, and they weren't going to do that. There would have been a riot. There would have been a riot.
1: Don't piss off Big Ten fans with the promise of beer and then taking the beer away from them because your internet server goes down. You have to make right, and they did. And I also read, and I don't know if this is true, Mike, because, you know, I wasn't there, but I read a tweet that said that there were some, you know, fans who felt bad that they were getting all this free beer, so they were just leaving cash tips, which I thought was hilarious and very Midwestern to just feel feel a little guilty about yeah. getting all the free beer. Like, I'll just give you whatever's in my pocket. Here's some big red and a $20 bill. I know you don't use dollars here, but it's all I have.
0: <laughs> I would have. See, and I'm one of those guys. I'm one of the holdovers, Jess. Now, I know what Mike, Jake, and Sydney do, my kids. When you're out, do you have cash?
1: Never. I have so cash
0: on you. I tell my kids, just for tipping purposes, like, like, you know, there's where we're at, there's a valet park in the car. All of a sudden, Jake's like, Dad, you got a few bucks. I'm like, just carry a few bucks for that. <laughs> I'm telling you, as the father of this podcast, Jess, you got to have some... Ca- I don't care if I it's know. 20 you sound, bucks. You
1: sound, a, you sound a lot like my dad. I will say, like, when I, when I go out with a purse or a bag, I do usually have... Some, you know, emergency cash in one of the pockets, but I don't make a conscious decision when I leave my house to be like, oh my gosh, I need $20. What if I have to tip a valet? Like there's very rare situations in which I need to tip anyone with cash anymore. Most of most everything's electronic now, even tips.
0: Well, you can tip a valet electronically. You, you can, can do a lot.
1: Them. If they have one of those little like uh, Squares, iPad things yeah. with the checkouts, yeah, you can tip anyone on that. The, I will say, I use I do use cash when I'm going to like a salon or something like that. So that is like the one use of cash that I still have. But even some people now have like Cash App or Venmo for that. So you really don't even need it that,
0: that Man. much anymore. Uh, see, I, I I I don't have Venmo. I should. Everybody in my really? family does. Wow. But I know, I know, I know. It's one
1: of those Hold things out. I
0: should have. You have, have...
1: Zelle. Do you have Cash App.
0: What the hell is Zelle?
1: Zelle is like the uh, boomer, the boomers Venmo. It goes from like it's like a direct deposit bank account money transfer system. Me, like I, I don't think my dad has has Venmo either. But like he'll always be like, oh well, Zell me, and I'm like, well, okay, sure. Oh whatever.
0: wait, but so, so your dad does out. have Zelle. I think so. So is Zelle the same thing as Venmo?
1: No, I don't. Th- I Venmo is I don't know. I can't tell you the difference, but I think Zelle is direct from bank account to bank account. Whereas, or, sorry, Zelle is direct from bank to bank, and I think Venmo is like you're depositing it into the Venmo app and then giving it back to someone. And then they have to deposit it back into their bank account.
0: Completely after. lost. I'm completely yeah, lost. Yeah,
1: honestly, that. I am too. It's it's too much math for me. But uh, Mike, get Venmo. I, I
0: I do need to do that. I agree with you. <laughs> but I will always carry some cash on me. Um, yeah, because like I said, Jake texts me before we get here. Hey, can you bring me down twenty bucks? And I'm like,
1: well, I, <laughs> that's this is good to know because when I'm in South Bend visiting you, I'm gonna make sure I don't bring any cash and have to ask you for money and just like right. all your kids do. Uh uh-huh.
0: every yeah, I just just doling <laughs> out cash, you know, <laughs> left and right. But uh, so that was that was kind of a wild thing that went on in Ireland in, uh, in in week 0 free beer and I would have been one of those tipping. I would have tipped, but they were showing pictures of fans walking up with just stacks of beer. You know those four cup holders yes. The, the, yes. The, 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 like stacked stack 3 and 4 high. Carrying those things with the free beer, I mean, that had to be unbelievable what they had to deal with. But uh, so that was kind of my takeaway from uh, from week zero that and uh... you
1: know what, Mike, I I just decided I have another takeaway from week zero about Nebraska, which is why did they decide to even play a game in week zero? Because now this loss, if this loss to Northwestern happened in like week six, no one's going to talk about it. No one cares about Nebraska Northwestern. And now every it's the only thing people have to talk about for a full week. If I were them, I would not play in week zero moving forward. Well, they
0: probably had higher expectations. And now it's like, okay, we played in week zero. We went all the way to Ireland to do it. And we lost uh, to Northwestern. Long flight home. Long flight home. We're 0-1-1. Uh, and our coach has a horrific record. So, yeah, it's, it's not looking good uh, at all um, for them. But we'll see. So we go into week one. By the way, here are some of the, here's a couple of numbers for you, Jess, as we go into this college football season. There are 30 new FBS head coaches, whether they're first-time head coaches or coaches that have changed teams. 30 Uh of them that went on. And then there are 67 quarterbacks who changed teams in the portal. 67.
1: That you know it it seems like there's at least sixty seven because I've been doing some like college football season prep and I have a you know a list of all the all the named starters because there are obviously some head coaches who will not put out a depth chart right, and believe right. in like you know this is a top secret classified document yes, yes. we will not let our opponents know who our starting nose tackle is um which we we can get to that later if you want but i was I was noticing how many transfer quarterbacks there are. I'm going to. Uh, the backyard brawl right. this, you have this week it's yeah. Thursday night, very excited for it. Both quarterbacks are transfers. Keaton Slovis is starting for Pitt. He transferred from Southern Cal and JT Daniels is starting for West Virginia. He transferred from Georgia. So that's already going to be Mm -hmm. one of the first matchups of week one. You're going to see transfer portal quarterbacks at work and be like, hey, wait a second. That name sounds familiar, but like the the colors with that name don't make sense. Where where do I know him from? Yeah,
0: you need a scorecard to keep up with the quarterbacks because it's going to happen a lot. You're still going to have, because Of COVID, remember every player can have an extra year. So the term last year when I was doing games were called super seniors, you know, when you take that extra year. So we'll see how many of those uh, go on as this class goes through. But Pittsburgh, I think, is about a seven and a half, eight point favorite in this game. Their preseason ranked, I believe, 17. They They should probably win this game. But again, it's week one.
1: College it's is- a huge rivalry too, Mike. Yeah. Like this is this is like one of when I was growing up, you know, I grew up with a lot of family who went to Pitt and grew up going to Pittsburgh every Thanksgiving. And that was around the time they usually played the backyard brawl before, you know, conference realignment and all of that. And it went off the schedule. But this was like the game. Like Morganstown is Uh, or Morgantown, I probably said it wrong, is right on the border of West Virginia and Pennsylvania, just south of Pittsburgh. It's very close. And there's going to be, I'm sure there's going to be a ton of fans there because it's the first game of the season. But like you said, Pitt last year won the ACC. They had a first-round draft pick quarterback and Kenny Pickett, and they had Um, I think Mark Whipple, their offensive coordinator, got a lot of credit for Kenny Pickett having this breakout season as his fifth year, I believe, at Pitt. And now Mark Whipple, uh, ironically, the offensive coordinator at Nebraska, who Scott Frost kind of a little bit threw under the bus after the game on Saturday, and Pitt has a new uh, offensive coordinator, Frank Signetti, who he's coached, I I think he's coached everywhere, but I'm pretty sure. He's a, he's a Pittsburgh guy from Pittsburgh. And in the meantime, West Virginia, they went, I think six and seven last year and, um, don't have as high of expectations. Uh, they're coached by, um, Neil Brown. So Pitt should win this game, but Pitt also had a very uncharacteristically great season last year, and they're going to have high expectations and a lot of, uh, different players starting for them, a different offensive coordinator. So I think. No matter what, the atmosphere is going to be awesome as a Thursday night rivalry game in week one.
0: So let me ask you this, as, as someone who is invested or has been involved in this, in this game, do you find it weird that this big of a rivalry is in week one and not toward the end of the season? Does it take anything away from it for you?
1: I mean, it is it is weird. It's definitely unusual. It would be like Notre Dame playing, you know, USC, USC. this week. And that's usually an end-of-the-season game. But I just think fans are happy to have it back on the schedule because Pitt, Pitt's two biggest rivals, uh, West Virginia and Penn State, both aren't on the, the calendar every right. year anymore right. because now they're playing an ACC schedule. And now I think Pitt usually plays – Miami during that final week of the season that's like and that's not even really a rivalry but they're both in the same you know they're both ACC coastal teams so sometimes there's things on the line like the year that Pitt upset Miami and knocked him out of the playoff uh 2017 I think but I I don't know I think it is weird certainly I think it's also maybe kind of cool and maybe we'll see more of it now uh there there usually are a lot of kind of Interesting out-of-conference games week one now. Like, there's yeah. there's a bunch this weekend. Notre Dame, Ohio State. I mean, every game's out-of-conference for Notre Dame. But, yeah. you know, Notre Dame usually, they're not always playing, you know, a, an Alabama or an Ohio State-caliber team week one. That's usually a little bit further down in the season. So, I think as, you know, teams realize how much money they'll they'll be getting from these big – or I guess the networks realize how much money they'll get out of these big marquee matchups week one, when all the attention is on college football and the NFL hasn't started yet. We probably will see more of these, especially non-conference.
0: So you look at, at the, the schedule coming up in week one, you mentioned it. Pitt is number 17 against West Virginia, Oklahoma state number 12 against central Michigan, 22 Wake Forest against VMI Friday. It's 15 Michigan state against Western Michigan. You always look, are there any ranked ranked matchups? And we know, Notre Dame and Ohio State is 5-2. We'll get to that. But in the Chick-fil-A kickoff in Atlanta, you do have number three Georgia against number 11 Oregon. So it's another ranked-ranked matchup. You yeah. have Arkansas's 19, Cincinnati's 23. So there's a ranked-ranked there. And then you have your, you know, Alabama's against Utah State, which I think is a 41-and-a-half point spread after Utah <laughs> State had to come back last week to beat UConn uh, with their right. new coach, Jim Moore Jr. So... Uh, an interesting week one, which will be headlined, just by our alma mater being mm-hmm. 17 and a half point underdogs. Oof. Notre Dame going to Ohio State preseason five, which a lot of people think is too high for Notre Dame. Uh, number two for Ohio State, which everybody thinks is just right, right behind right. Alabama with a Heisman trophy candidate in Stroud and Jigbo one of the best tight our wide receivers in the land they have a great offensive line the offense is a juggernaut for sure but I can't mm-hmm. remember I'm trying to think even in the in the playoff games the last couple we were in Jess where we got beat pretty good I don't think we were ever 17 and a half point dogs even to Alabama when Mike
1: uh, well, I was gonna say, I think when the last time Notre Dame played Alabama in the playoff, they were seventeen points. Oh, okay. All and right. they and I think they covered. Well, I know they covered the the spread because I I bragged about it on Twitter for a couple <laughs> years.
0: <laughs> that's what we had to brag um, about. But yeah. yeah,
1: seventeen seventeen and a half is is a lot. Marcus Freeman kind of said as much yesterday in his press conference. I'm not sure if you caught that, but he was yeah. like, "Well, that's you know, we'll use that as motivation or whatever." But I mean, as as far as like preseason rankings go. No, it doesn't matter who's five. And I yes, I mean, I think you could definitely say Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia are the best three teams this season, yeah. but everything after that is just guesswork. There's nothing that's going to tell you that Notre Dame's going to be better or worse than Clemson. You know, Clemson's quarterback played not very no, well last season. Exactly they have right. an entire new coaching staff underneath Dabo Sweeney of guys that have been promoted up through, you know, the ranks. You know, same. You could say the same for a lot of these teams. Michigan's going to be running a different offense, and right. they have a, a weird quarterback thing happening there that I'm I'm not even sure how to describe. Um, so when you get past like the top tier teams this year, which are Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia, like everything else is just kind of going to shake out. Where it shakes out, and it doesn't, you know. Notre Dame could be five; they could be eight right, right now. Right. I don't think, you know. Who knows?
0: So, so, what are your feelings going into this game?
1: Uh, nerves. Uh, I, I, I just hope Notre Dame covers because, like, that will at least mean that they're not as far beneath Ohio State as the oddsmakers. Uh, put them, I guess. Uh, I don't know, Mike. I Ohio State's probably their only weakness is that their defense hasn't been as great the last couple of seasons as the prior few seasons when they had Chase Young and, right. and Bosa's and playing linebacker but they made a, a good hire in Jim Knowles from yeah, Oklahoma did. State.
0: Yes, they did. Who
1: Notre Dame played in the Fiesta Bowl and uh, Jim Knowles made Oklahoma State a, a very good defense while he was there. So that's something that they clearly know is an issue and they've been working on. And I don't think it matters that much if Ohio State's defense has gotten you know, worse or better if their offense is going to be scoring 28 points on the first four drives, which, you know, with the offense that they have, like it's an NFL caliber offense. They have NFL receivers on that team. And I think C.J. Stroud is the Heisman favorite right now. I'm not sure if you if you mentioned that already, but I don't know. It, I, it, might be, it might be scary, Mike.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Knowles. That was a great pickup from Oklahoma State. Now, good and bad, when we played them in the Fiesta Bowl, we scored a bunch of points in the first half. Off that defense, <laughs> but then didn't score much at all in the second half. Off that defense, so Knowles brings an attacking scheme. I love his defense because I covered Oklahoma State a couple of times, did a couple of their games last year. So it will be yeah. more an attacking defense. But there's no doubt they're led by their they're led by their offense as much as Clemson will be led by their defense. Clemson's defense will be fantastic, and everybody is kind of setting up the well. When Notre Dame loses to Ohio State, right. if they run the table, they could have a chance still because Ohio State will probably do the same thing, and that would be their only loss. And everybody's looking at the two games. Clemson, which I think is the only other game right now where Notre Dame uh, would be would not be favored. I think there was a 40% chance of them winning, but who knows at that point of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah. and But they were favored supposedly against USC. Again, we'll see how it all plays out. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's the key. We don't have a quick striking offense like Ohio State can have. So a lot is going to be on Notre Dame's defense to kind of hold that offense in check a bit and not let them score 28 points mm-hmm. in their first four possessions, or that's going to spell trouble for us being able to come back. I think Notre Dame could be more of a ball control offense uh, with the running game and the shorter passing game, mm-hmm. uh, and then rely on their defense, get some pressure on Stroud, make them hold the ball, that extra tick. Uh, We'll see. And and it's week one. So you never know what, you know, that's when you get that weird special team play, that weird turnover, guys more tired maybe than they want to be. So you never know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you never know what's going to happen. Obviously, we'll be rooting for our team, but it's a tough, tough opening game. Uh, for Marcus, yeah, Sherman, for a, was- for a
1: brand new head coach, for a yeah. brand new head coach that played at Ohio State, and it's yeah. it's an away game. The atmosphere is going to be crazy. But yeah, Mike, I even if Notre Dame loses, uh, which you know I would probably wager that they would that they will. Um, it's week one under a brand new head coaching regime. If this were, if, if this was like three years from now, and it's like year four, Marcus Freeman, and we're going into a game against yeah. Ohio state as 17 and a half point underdogs, I'd be like, Oh, yeah, that, that's that'd be trouble. But, but that's that, but that, that, that hasn't happened yet. So, you know, we'll just have to enjoy but, it. Until but but you're right.
0: <laughs> you're a thousand percent right because of the ranking now of his next couple of classes. That's the thought in two, three years, what this team would yes. build to. So if they're starting the season 17-point dogs, then something has gone wrong for sure. So right. I agree with you 100%. So we'll see. You know, if you start out with another new quarterback in, in Tyler Buckner, and you know you still have the best tight end or, or right in the top two, him and Bowers from Georgia in the game, and a and a pretty stacked defense. So we will see. We got to wait all day for that one. Um, so we'll see what goes on as as week one. In college football is about to uh, about to go on and we're still a little bit away from week one in the NFL where there is some storylines. We talked about the Tom Brady storyline last week of why he was away. And now you heard his press conference. talking about yeah. I'm 45, shit happens when you're 40. He never really gave an answer. He, he didn't give no, an answer at all. And, what, yeah. Wait,
1: what, what did you What did you think of what he said? I don't think I've ever heard Tom Brady I mean, say anything yeah. like that before, where he, he just was like, look, I'm 45, like I got shit going yeah, on. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that, that's true. But like – He didn't answer. He, it, he wanted no it, – part. training camp, yeah. <laughs> you know what he did?
0: He went back to his New England Patriot days uh, yes. of how he <laughs> deals with the media. He's been much more open – And more had more has had more personality in those pressers with Tampa Bay. This one reverted back to New England. He obviously isn't going to tell anybody where he was. Everybody talked about the mass singer, everybody talked about being in the Bahamas. I said last week that I, I, unless it was some emergency thing, which I don't know if it was just a trip somewhere, I didn't, it's not going to affect him, but I didn't understand it. As, far, as long as he's been in the league knowing what training camp is, even if you're not playing, right. it was a little, it was interesting to me. But yeah, that was that was an old New England Patriot answer of I'm not answering that question one bit. <laughs> I'm just gonna completely talk around it.
1: I still think that it was a, a shadow uh, suspension. For (laughs) tambourine. But I haven't, and you know, no one has no one has verified that yet. So I'm just going to sit silently over here and and someday I'll say I told you so. There
0: you go. That's what I can't wait for. The I told you (laughs) so. So as far as storylines going on in the NFL, before we get to we had the last preseason game. This is an off weekend coming up uh, for them, and then they'll start week one the following week. Your pure Pittsburgh Steelers. Again, if anybody doesn't Mm -hmm. know, Jess is a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Uh, we saw the, the 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 play of Kenny Pickett, the first round quarterback from Pitt. We saw Mitch Trubisky have a hell of a first half and did pretty well this preseason. So, what if you were a a Steeler fan and Mike Tomlin is not naming the quarterback? He said he will do it at his leisure. Um, what what who would you start a quarterback?
1: I think I I think Mitch Trubisky will start. I think okay. I would start the guy who has NFL reps who's started. NFL games before and give it give Kenny Pickett kind of some time to, to learn the system to travel with the team to kind of see it from the sideline uh and kind of do you know what a lot of teams do now which is you you know that Kenny Pickett's the guy you draft him the first round but you don't need him to start day one of his first season and if you have the luxury of giving that guy time Give him a little bit more time. And I think Mitch Trubisky like perfectly fine. He can hand the ball off to Najee Harris. Uh, I know Najee Harris has like some sort of foot injury thing going on, but uh, just hand the ball off, maybe win a, a handful of games and then see how Kenny Pickett's doing and then maybe start him, you know, a third of the way through the season if if it's time.
0: Yeah, I think this is one of those classic ones where you – and again, I always think from a former player and as a former player – Now, even though, like, Mitch hasn't been in the league forever and hasn't lit up the world, he's still, you know, closer to a veteran than Kenny Pickett for sure and has had game experience. And if I'm in that locker room, that's kind of what, unless Kenny Pickett was so much better than him, I would say start Mitch. Let's start Mitch. You never want to throw away a year at all. So, and you start Mitch and you see how the season goes. If you're in it, and it's a tough division, and I don't expect them to be in it that long, with Baltimore, with Cleveland. Now, depending on how Jacoby Brissett plays, because they're not getting Jimmy G now, which we'll get into next, and certainly Cincinnati after coming off the Super Bowl, I think Pittsburgh's fourth in that division probably. Um, so- well,
1: mm, I don't know, Mike. I mean, yes, like there have been years where I th- I've thought the same thing, but then, you know, the Bengals, Bengal, the Browns, Brown. The Ravens are usually pretty good. And somehow the Steelers still end up winning the majority of their division games. So we
0: we can have a little side bet if you want. Pittsburgh's last place in that division. They are dead last.
1: I will bet that they are not.
0: Okay. Let's do it. All right. We will get a bet going on that one. But I would play Mitch without a doubt out of the gate. And then you see how it goes. And if you find yourself in a position where it starts to turn south, um, then, Mm -hmm. you know, you put Kenny in and let him get, let him get some reps. But, as as veterans in that locker room, you know what? Nothing is guaranteed. You only get so many shots. So, mm-hmm. And you never know. A losing record team could be in the Super Bowl the next year. We've seen it time and time again. You don't know what the season holds. So, uh, so I would definitely start Mitch in this situation. And I think that's what they're going to do. I think it was always Mitch's job to lose. Uh, yes. And I think Kenny Pickett really, really played well and maybe exceeded some expectations. But I think Mitch will still start there, which is what we expected. Now in San Francisco, we're gonna get what we expected. Trey Lance is going to be the starter, but we're also getting something we didn't expect, Jess, and that's Jimmy G on the team. So Jimmy G, for those that may not have heard, it it basically broke not too long ago that Jimmy G restructured his one-year deal was worth about 25 mil, but it wasn't guaranteed. So he restructured it to for about six and a half mil. I think he can make in the teens something with incentives, whatever. Bottom line is he's mm-hmm. on the team. He is the backup quarterback for the 49ers. And I'm gonna tell you right now, Jess, I think the happiest people out there are the players in that locker room. Because I don't know yeah. where Trey Lance is. And and this is where this is what happens now is you get egos involved. You got John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan who traded up to get this guy and Trey Lance. So that's their guy, right? So they have put their guy and now given him this team, which is fine. But then when you have somebody like Jimmy G with the winning percentage that he has backing him up, where's your line of, okay, now what do we do? Because this is a win now team. They can win. Mm -hmm. They can win without question Mm -hmm. right now. But this is when egos start to get in the way egos of general managers and coaches of saying, we picked this guy. He is our guy. And let me tell you, right. the people who know it the most are those in the locker room who are like, wait a minute, if Lance isn't playing all that well, they're going to be like, gang, we don't have too many bites at the apple here. <laughs> you know, let's get a guy in here who was one with us. So this could be very interesting. Here's another thing I, I get tired of hearing, Jess. You, you tell me what you think. I get, tired of, <laughs> okay. I get tired of the, oh, you're going to mess with a guy's psyche. If if Trey Lance starts and gets benched for Jimmy Garoppolo, where is he mentally? Well, you know what? If he's in a bad place mentally, I just found out something about him. I need a mentally mm. strong player. And if he gets benched because he's not playing well and somebody else comes in and I lose him mentally, well, oh, well. You know, shit happens. So I get a little tired of, oh, you got to be careful of them mentally and don't hurt them mentally. I mean, give me a break. You got to be mentally tough to, be, to, to do a lot of things and especially to play yeah. quarterback in the league.
1: And I'm, I'm not mentally tough, Mike, so I always feel bad for the guy. I'm like, oh, no, it's so sad. Like, just <laughs> let him lose six in a row. It's going to be fine. Oh. It's, it's t- so mean to bench him.
0: Oh, my God, no, <laughs> man, because guys will be screaming in that locker room to themselves. I mean, saying, we need to make a change here. And this is business, man. This is about, you know, when you go in any line of work, you know, it's about production. If you're not getting it done and the guy next in line is getting it done, then that's the way it works. Mm. You you may not like it, but that's the way it works. And if if you fold mentally, well, then I found out something about you. And I'm not saying that would happen with Trey. I'm saying that's what other people, you got to be careful. Got to be careful of his psyche. Bullshit, you got to be careful of his psyche. If he's not getting it done and somebody else can go there and get it done, the bottom line is winning. This is pro sports.
1: I hope I don't have a bad – String of podcast episodes because you will replace me in a heartbeat, Mike. You are ruthless. All of a
0: sudden, you'll be you'll be tuning in when we normally do the do the pod, and we won't be doing it. I'll have switched it to another time.
1: <laughs> There's Golik and some other person. <laughs> smeddy is going to be sitting in my spot. Yeah, maybe you'll find another Smetty.
0: That's going to be really difficult to do. Just keep
1: the same name. Yeah, that'd be just keep the same name. Uh,
0: what what's your name? No, it's Smetty now. Yeah, no matter it's what, it, it's Smetty now. So yeah, to to me, I I think. The only person that doesn't like that move that in San Fran is probably Trey Lance, thinking it was his yeah. team. And now he has that looking over his shoulder a little bit with Jimmy G. And listen, Jimmy G didn't get moved because, A, nobody would meet the price of 25 mil to trade for him. B, he's coming off a yeah. shoulder surgery. Now, it also does give San Fran, for those that may not know, a couple of more months to move him. Because the trade deadline, I think, is in early November and now it's you're not trading for 25 mil. You're trading for six some mil. And at that point, if you trade November, it would be less. So it's possible he could still be moved, uh, for sure. But we'll have to wait and see. But uh, it's still Trey Lance's team, so uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm looking forward looking forward to the start of the season,
1: though. Me too. My, Mike, what do you make of that division with the Cardinals, Rams, 49ers, and, and Seahawks? You said the, the 49ers are in win-now mode. Do you see them kind of uh, on, in competition with the Cardinals for the second spot in that division? Or do you think the Rams are, are going to have a, a bit of a sluggish Super Bowl rebound? Uh, you know, that, that,
0: listen, we always say there's, there's a reason you don't go back-to-back. Back. Last one was, what, 0304 with the Patriots. So it's been a long time. Now, the Rams have the talent to do, uh, to, to get back there. But you, you never know, you never know if an injury pops up or or, or something like that. I think, um, I think that the, that the 49ers are the second best team. I don't have faith in the Cardinals at this point to be one of the top teams in that division. Seattle is completely, they're they're Mm -hmm. rebuilding. So last year we thought that was the best division in football this year. I think that's the AFC West. Uh, but, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think, Clearly, I think San Fran is the second best team, so you never know what may happen. Real quickly, you, you reminded me because you mentioned the Rams. How about that brawl with the Rams and the Bengals, oh, yeah. where Aaron Donald was swinging his helmet around, and uh, and everybody was wondering if he would get suspended uh, for that because you know we know swinging a helmet is going to can cost you. Um, my my quick uh, my, my quick opinion on that that people probably will not like. Um, first and foremost. The league has no say in it, zero say in a practice. So much like Miles Garrett got suspended for swinging his helmet at Mason Rudolph, that was in a game. So that's under the league purview. So the Mm -hmm. league suspended for that. This is in practice. So the league cannot step in and do anything. The only ones that can are the Rams. And I'll say this right now. There is a hierarchy of players. If that was a rookie who swung his helmet, he'd probably get cut if I didn't think he was going to make the team. Aaron Donald did it. I would say, Aaron, please don't do that anymore. And it would not even think about suspending him for anything. <laughs> no shot. No shot. Am I taking him off the field?
1: All right. Well, I honestly don't have a take on it, Mike.
0: <sighs> no, no. I mean, it I looks, just, uh, it, it's a horrible it, thing. It, to looked,
1: do. it looked crazy. I, you know, don't. Don't do that. But also, I don't know who should do what in this case. He's Like you said, he's a veteran on the team. The NFL can't really do anything about it. So if, if the Rams don't want to do anything about it, uh, just, you know, not, nothing will be done.
0: Nope. I would just walk up to him and say, uh, Mr. Uh, Donald, please don't do that anymore. Okay.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. right. Please.
0: If you do that in a game, you, you know, <laughs> we can't save you anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's just the way it goes. So that's football coming up. A couple other things I wanted to touch on. Uh, Jess, F1 has, has come back into play. Uh, the Belgian Grand Prix went on yes. and, and I, and it was interesting to me to, the storyline of that one was Verstappen who won it, who wins everything, started 14th and ends up winning this thing. I mean, yeah. d- dude, starting right there. I mean, he's going to lock up the championship probably in October or sooner, yeah.
1: I look, I've told you this before. I'm not good at math, but I, I do think he can lock it up uh, in the next few races here because the closest competition he has the Ferrari driver, Charles Leclerc. Yeah. Uh, he had a, a rough weekend this weekend. I think even if Max DNF for the next like three or four races, he would still have a, a very substantial lead over Leclerc if Leclerc won all of them. Like, he's just very very far ahead. Um, you mentioned something to me oh. that I I just looked up right before we started, Mike, which is that Verstappen had a, a visor strip that flew off his car and got stuck in Charles Leclerc's brake ducts, yeah. and then Charles Leclerc had to pit because there was like smoke coming out of his car, I guess, and everyone thought like you know oh here we go again like the Ferrari is screwed up, but it looks like maybe this is um. Max Verstappen's fault, that, yeah. this, that's a little crazy. Isn't it
0: wild? So yeah, the strip from the visor comes off and goes right, and, and Leclerc was behind him. It went into his, into his braking uh into the wheel. So as you mentioned, it was an unscheduled pit stop, and it messed up a sensor, so he ended up speeding in pit lane. So we got to. Okay, fight.
1: that's that, that's the part where I'm yeah. like, I'm calling BS on that because the whole thing that happened at the end of the race with Ferrari was that they they Charles Leclerc was in fifth, I believe. Right. Yes. And they were like, okay, we're gonna try to go for fastest lap. If you get the fastest lap, you get one point. And right now they are desperate to get Leclerc as many points as they can, just so he could try to cut this gap to Max Verstappen. And Max Verstappen's already in the lead, like he's winning this race right. He's ahead by ten minutes. Um. So Leclerc goes into pit. They put soft tires on. So he goes back out, but he loses a place to Fernando Alonso when he goes back out. And then he kind of battles back against Alonso. I don't think he gets fastest lap because there was too much traffic right. in front of him. Right. And so then he ends up finishing in, uh, in fifth place, but then he gets a five second penalty for speeding in the pit lane. Like you said, so then he ends up getting sixth place. So the whole thing was basically for nothing. Um, and that has kind of been the story of Ferrari That's what season. it said.
0: The visor getting stuck in the ducts led to a sensor failure, which caused the Ferrari driver to speed in the pit lane. So maybe mm-hmm. it messed with, I don't know, he knowing how fast he was going. It's the only thing I can think of. And afterward, at Verstappen, about the the visor thing, he just said, I hope it's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my Whoopsies. God! Yeah, that is that is uh, amazing. What? But for is out of his mind. Lewis Hamilton out in the first lap.
1: Yeah, on this one, he doesn't even a lap in. a good weekend for him. And,
0: and Alonso just ripping him, saying, calling Hamilton an idiot, said he can only race when he's in first. I mean, wow, took a hard shot at him.
1: Do, have you been following all of the drama with Oscar Piastri, Mike? I have not and the uh, the McLaren and Alpine empty seats. All right, so Formula One. Uh, Summer break started three weeks ago and like right when it started, Fernando Alonso announced he was going to go to Aston Martin and take Sebastian Vettel's seat at Aston Martin. So it left an open seat at Alpine. So Alpine has a development driver named Oscar Piastri, who's one of the one of the drivers, young drivers, not an F1, who's very, very well regarded by F1 media and, and other drivers, and apparently he's he's just really good, really great driver, very fast. And so Alpine wants to bring him up to their team right. on you know in Formula One for next season. So they announce in a press release that he's joining Alpine, and Oscar Piastri, the driver, goes on Twitter and says, I'm not joining Alpine next season. Uh, I never agreed to this. And so now there's a court case being heard by, you know, like the, whatever like international, like motorsport court hears these like contract disputes to the side. If he has to honor the contract he had with, Alpine uh, previously and or if he can leave and join whatever team he wants because he wants to join McLaren who got rid of Daniel Ricardo, right. who's the Australian driver that everyone loves. Cause he's just like very, oh, you know, charming. What a personality. Yeah. 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 Like just a really outgoing yeah. personable guy. But hadn't been driving um, so very not,
0: well as of late.
1: Has not no. been driving well with McLaren has had two like pretty bad seasons other than one race last year in Monza that he won. But it's like a whole disaster, Mike. They they announced this guy was going to, to drive for them, and then he went on Twitter and was like, "I'm not going to drive for them." And it was very embarrassing for Alpine. So now Alpine doesn't have a driver for next season. I've heard that they're trying to get Pierre Gasly from AlphaTauri and have a an all French lineup with uh, Gasly and Esteban Ocon. But it's it's very it's like if you were an NFL team and you were like. We're going to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, and then Jimmy Garoppolo was like, "No, you're not. I'm staying where I am. Please don't."
0: And, and, don't and we get to find out everything on Twitter nowadays, right? Everything becomes public. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. It was. It was a very funny, funny few days for for Formula One, um, and yeah, like anything like that over a summer break, you you have to wonder, like, who's. Is anyone working behind the scenes here to keep this in the news cycle? Because it was like there were a, a few more other absurd things that happened over that co- the course of the break that kept Formula One in the news cycle, and it it was uh it was very fun to watch. I did. I, didn't, I
0: don't know. Is is Driver Survive continuing? Yes. Are we get? Is it continuing these yes, seasons? Yes, they okay, are
1: continuing. Okay. It'll come out in March. So so this, it'll be this last season, season, right?
0: Or this yeah, season? Yeah. This-
1: This current season will be out in March Okay, that they're taping right now. Okay. And I'm sure all of this will be in it. I was just going to say,
0: we'll probably get this info in it as well.
1: Bonus. bonus Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So, overstapping again, kicking the shit out of everybody, which is – so, that's – he's (laughs) going to be the champ. uh, So, we just see what other drama – there is around. See if another visor strip is going to get in the way and screw somebody up. That yeah. That's amazing. It's
1: going to be a banana peel. Next I mean, time. we're going to go full Mario. Li-
0: think of a visor strip that you just get rid of, and it goes directly into the dude's tire. I mean, that's <laughs> just it's just amazing. Oh my god! All right, so let's finish up with this, Jess, because it's been a couple of weeks. I don't know what the protocol is for for giving stuff away, but Better Call Saul. We, we both loved it. We Ooh. both watched it. We both watched it through. Um, I guess at this point, I I don't mind giving away anything or just talking about what happened. We'll just
1: do a, spo- we'll just do a spoiler alert. Yeah.
0: What, what did you think? What did you think at the end?
1: I liked the end. I mean, I was sad because I always, like, like I said earlier in the episode, I'm not mentally tough, so I want everyone to live <laughs> happily ever after. And we'll do like... Big, big red light blinking spoiler alert. Do not keep listening if you don't want to know what happens in the finale of Better Call Saul. But, Mike, I was sad that Jimmy ended up in prison, even though he totally deserved it and was a, like, many times over uh, criminal and broke many, many laws.
0: I, I guess what I don't understand, and again, spoiler alert here, that again, if you don't turn it off, it's your own fault because we're, we're blinking red lights everywhere. <laughs> we said it six times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why did he do that? I mean, he already had the deal when he was in court. Why did Why did he, he confess to everything? I don't understand that. He had the deal, where what he was going to get. I don't understand yeah. why he did that and chose right. to basically spend the next however many decades in prison. Years. Yeah, I so yeah, I know like, sure I did it. He
1: talked them he talked them down to seven years yeah, and in a cushy he place. Was, into a nice prison that was good enough for Bernie Madoff, he said. Um, and then confessed yeah. in court all of his crimes, said that he did it and that you know Walter White would have never gotten away with yeah. it if it wasn't for him. He was which, like which is true. It is true, but he was all Walter of a sudden White taking was the, he
0: was like taking the credit for everything. <laughs> Walter White is who right. he is because of me. <laughs>
1: right. Right, and my brother, I, I got, I, I did enough shady things to my brother that he eventually killed himself. Which the the, the judge was like, "That's not even a crime." Yeah, <laughs> I,
0: I'm not sure why he did Mike, it.
1: Like he, he needed to clear his conscience. I think he write was- a book when
0: you're in the, in the cushy <laughs> prison. I mean, that, so that's that's the only thing I didn't like for a smart and conniving as as he was throughout this series and the shady deals that he did and the way he got himself in and out of stuff. to so all of a sudden, when you've used that shadiness and conniving, connivingness, if that's even a word, to yeah. get yourself seven years in a cushy prison that you would all of a sudden change at the last minute to grow a conscience and admit everything. <laughs> that was my thought. Write a book in prison, man. That would have been the Jimmy I know because he could have made money off that book. And that's what he was
1: about. So I was That's like, a, "Wow!" No, it's a good point. But Mike, I think I think he realized when he was living his boring life in Omaha, and then became you know went back into the game, became a criminal again, and then talked to Kim, and then realized that Kim had come clean. Yeah, she gave this letter to Howard Hamlin's wife, uh, and and came clean, and and like basically had this cathartic kind of sad moment where she was sitting on the bus crying, and I think he realized like. I don't have anything left in my life. Like I'm literally running this like criminal ring in Omaha with these two losers, Carol Burnett's son, scamming people out of like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And for what? Like, I'm not happy. I have nothing left. Everything that made me happy in my life was my wife, Kim, ex-wife, and, you know, being this shady criminal attorney. And I can't do either thing now because I'm in hiding. So I need to come out of hiding and come clean and I can't, you know, I know that I have outsmarted the yes. United States. Yes. I talked them down to six years, but it's not enough. I need to clear I, I, my conscience. I, I need to tell the world. I, I
0: have a problem with that because Kim, when she came clean, she knew she was in no legal trouble. The only thing that could have happened was she could, oh. the, the, the girl, the lady could have, could have been a civil suit. Cheryl, Cheryl could yeah. could have been a civil suit, but she risked the civil suit, but she knew Kim knew as a lawyer she wasn't gonna be because there were no witnesses or anything, there wasn't gonna right. be any legal trouble. Jimmy knew exactly what he was. He knew he was gonna get decades yeah. in prison. I
1: So you 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 just don't think no. that you you would not have come clean. You no. would have just been like the dude, cookers, the, I'm going to prison, dude, and I'll see you in some years. The dude
0: spent his life doing things to get himself out of situations, and he did it here. And then in this one <laughs> moment sitting in the courtroom to go and fess up to everything. It was so out of character that, no, I didn't like it. I did not like it. I mean, so, wow. yeah, that was the end. He's sitting there in prison, you know, again, spoiler alert. You should have already turned it off. But but as far as I'm thinking of other series that have ended, I still think maybe the worst ending series ever to me was Seinf- you say
1: the Sopranos? Seinfeld. Oh, Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Oh, okay. And they were
0: sitting in the prison cell. When they didn't yeah. help someone who was getting carjacked or whatever, I didn't like it at all. Thought it was bad. Really, I was not a fan of the Soprano ending either. I was not less. It was better than I thought. The the um, the uh, uh, Seinfeld ending. Seinfeld to me was worth one of the best. And now it's I'm really aging myself. For people that haven't watched it, was Mash. I mean, <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know. I'm aging myself. Oh my God. Yes, yes. By the way, MASH... Tell
1: tell me about the finale of Bonanza next week. Oh,
0: stop it. By the way, (laughs) just so you all understand how big time MASH was, before the Super Bowl started becoming the most watched thing every year, MASH Mm -hmm. had that title of the most watched. That finale was the most watched in a long time, I think until like a Super Bowl beat it or something. So... Now again, wow. this is way back when there were a lot, you know, just a few, a few places yeah. to watch stuff, and not the hundreds of places you can get now. Uh, but right. uh, yeah, well,
1: you'll you'll have to tell us next week, Mike, about the finale of Gunsmoke as well. So I'll, I'm looking forward to that, and thank thank God for football, or else we'd all be watching uh, 70s t- television shows. There are, like there are times
0: I hate you, Smitty. Just times I. Hate you. <laughs>
1: You're gonna cut me for another smutty yeah, now. I know. Yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, <laughs> real quick before we sign off, quick congratulations. I don't know if you watched it, uh, Serena Williams getting yes. her uh, her, oh my her opening round win uh, at the U.S. Open. What's her going to be her last tournament? And I gotta say, uh, Jess, you know, just like watching Tiger try and catch Jack Nicklaus, which I didn't think was going to happen, but he still won the Masters a couple of years ago. Because you just have that great week and weekend. Mm-hmm. we kept waiting for that out of Serena. This is as good as I've seen Serena play in that first round in a while because I've watched her because I want to see her get that next grand slam to tie Margaret Court, but she hasn't looked good. And she, she, I thought she looked pretty good in her opening round match. Now, where it's going to take her, we'll see. I think she has a number two ranked player in the world in her yes. next match, so going to be a little tougher. But I thought she, she moved as well as I've seen her move in a while.
1: Yeah, and it was it was cool seeing all the tributes they were doing yeah. to her and then kind of awesome that she won, even though I, I'm i sure they m- people probably thought it would be her last yeah. match, but she was like, nope, I got one more win in me. I
0: like how her daughter was dressed just like her uh, in the stands. It yeah. was very, very cute. So, you know, we're watching one of – we talked about this before. We're watching one of the greatest of all time, forgetting male or female, to ever do something at, at their chosen profession. So – and her and her sister are playing in the doubles, which is cool as well. They have 14 Grand Slam titles between uh, the two of them. So we'll see where that goes. They're but, awesome. uh, uh, you know, for some of you, by the time you listen to this, her second match may be in the books and she may have lost. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, it was pretty cool to see that that opening round win.
1: Yes, it was. Uh, excited to see the next one. All right, Mike, we got college football this weekend.
0: Oh, boy. Uh, Fingers crossed for the Irish
1: yep Yep. Well, we'll see everyone next week and depending on how it goes we may be very happy or very sad